This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern, and Presidential Bank Mortgages, Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you over 20 years experience in the Maryland and PA region on this beautiful November day now. And I also have with me the man, myth, the legend, the guy with all the money over at Presidential Bank Mortgage, who just got the interest rates dropped this week, mister. Terry Kernan. You did it. I did it. They you finally did listened. it. You finally did it. You made that goal. You the got Fed the Fed finally listened. Yep. So. You, you called their red telephone that ha they have to answer, they say, right? That's the emergency phone. And they picked it up, and you finally broke the code and got the phone number down there to Powell and everybody and said, lower them right now. Let's go. Well, we didn't, no, we didn't lower them. <laughs> we, we, we held them steady. Held them steady. And then okay. we said nice things after the, there the, you go. the meeting. So. All right. Let's get right into it, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure that you like and share. Share this with your friends, loved ones, family, everybody, even your cat and dog and everybody, because everybody needs to know about what's going on in the real estate world and all about selling and buying homes and the mortgage industry because it is so much involved in complex and ideas and changing literally, Terry, as we know, by not just the day, but by the hour and minute sometimes in some cases. And that's why you have us. We are here as your trusted resource and advisors to be able to walk you through this. And we appreciate so many of our listeners that have done business with us, allowing us to guide and have the heart of a teacher to help you out to have success in the whole navigation of getting a loan and buying and selling homes. And uh, so make sure you guys do that. Go back in WFMD.com, the drop down menu, check out our last programs. Terry, today, uh, my, by the way, shout out my sister's birthday. Happy birthday. Karen, I won't ever tell anybody her nickname. I'll get myself in trouble online. I'm not going <laughs> to do that. I know better. Bigger sisters can hurt little brothers if I do that, so I'm not going to do it. But happy birthday, Karen. I love you as my sister. And um, we are on show number 330, Terry. Here we go. All right, I'm going to do the numbers real quick. Active homes for sale in Frederick County. Terry, it went down. Really? Three hundred. Yep, 358 homes for sale. There you go. They went down just a little bit. Resales, 214 with an average time of 42 days on the market. It's coming up again. The highest we saw as an average was 49 days. And uh, there we go. So that's that new construction, 144. Ooh, coming soon. We hit a wall. Ooh, you did. 28 coming soon. That's a brick wow. wall. Wow. Normally we average about 40 to 50, and in the good season, 60 or more. 28, I think that's the lowest I've seen in over a year or two, at least. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a, yeah. That, that's like, that's going to hurt. That's like, well, Okay, it's going to keep inventory low, but if buyer demand, which we know it is, is going to stay relatively about the same unless rates go way up, which they're not, um, what it's going to do is it's going to cause inventory, this 358, it's probably going to cause that number to get on a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're probably I'm going to predict we're going to get down to about 325 and then starting in January and we hit the spring market about the second week of January. I think that number is going to go up much, much greater and we'll start to maybe move up into the 400s. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, pending on a contract, 381 with new home construction under contract is 163 and the resale homes, 218 with an average time of 19 days in the market in the last 30 days sold in Frederick County was 251 average time of that 19 days. That's interesting. First time I've seen that balance out where the average time of under contract pending and sold days was the exact same. Now, Terry, really quick thing. People have to understand the higher end homes, anything above six and $700,000, you are not averaging 19 days in the market. 
Okay. okay. What do you think that average is? That's about 50. Think? Yeah, it's about 50, 50. to 52 okay. days right now is about that average. Um, and, of course, that's excluding brand new builds. They don't count. Those have no bearing on the true data marks and all that. So sold the license list to price ratio which we've always kept an eye on is still right at 100 that hasn't moved an inch it feels like at all either direction um so some are going to say how is that it's because all the homes that are still four hundred thousand dollars and under are selling in a, a, a average or below average amount of time frame and they're getting asking price or above asking price and the homes on the upper end they're the only ones that are making for the most part nine out of ten times are the ones making the price reductions and adjustments to be able to get an offer and they're the ones that are on the market a little bit longer and so when you blend those all together that's how you get that number but there is a way i can break it out i can basically look at four hundred thousand dollars and under and i promise you it's under a hundred percent i mean it's above a hundred percent it's probably like 101 101.5 mm -hmm. okay sounds like radio station right or if we are under if you're the higher end it's probably more like 99 or 97.6 or 98.2 or whatever um we're gonna especially when you get more um and like like a home that's a million dollars and above, yeah, you're deaf. It's very rare to see a home that's a million dollars and above sell for asking price or above. Because the only way that would happen is if you have a home that's truly valued at like 1.2 million, but the sellers intentionally put it at a million because they want to get multiple offers or build it up and make it a good deal, or they just don't want to be on the market. 90 days is the average time or whatever it is. That's the ones, or they have to move and get a quicker settlement. I have one this week just called me. I'm getting ready to list their home up in Pennsylvania. They just bought a house. It's almost a million dollars here in Frederick. Um, another agent who's not PA licensed is gracious and said, Darren, can you please help my sellers in Pennsylvania? I know you do a great job. Help them out. I meet with them on Sunday. Um, we were talking on the phone just preliminarily, and I said, "Hey, what are your thoughts about asking price?" You know, you know. And he, the first thing, the first thing he said to me was this. He said, um, "Darren, we want to make sure uh, we think we have an idea, but we want to really make sure we're really aggressive because we." We definitely want to get an offer pretty fast. We're not giving it away, but we want to be on the aggressive side. We, under no circumstances, want to be on the market at all very long. They want 19 days. They want 19 days or less, yeah. Okay. They basically are saying we want 19 days or less or whatever that market is in that area. So, All right, so those are the numbers. I'm sticking to it. Any thoughts? Uh, the demand, the new applications for mortgages, way, way, way down. So, so the fact that we're actually losing inventory <laughs> – isn't that alarming because before when we were losing inventory, it's because the demand was going up, up, up. Okay. So so what I'm kind of seeing is the demand for new applications is way down. So would you say this is the this is a lot seasonal too, but would you say this is the lowest um of just this year, or is this like the lowest you've seen in five years as far as probably in the last two decades. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that a little bit on the news, but you're in real time on it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so this is probably around 2000, the year 2000 rates were, uh, at this level at the 8% level, uh, eight and a quarter percent and above. And that's when I remember last seeing such a, uh, a lull in demand to buy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and there's some things that will change and then I can talk a little bit about that, but all right, let's go. All right, mortgage rates. Yeah, talk about what is going on in uh, all the numbers and economics and all that stuff that's moving and shaking this last week. So, so this last week was huge, okay? It was. Very big week. <laughs> On a lot of ways, huh? <laughs> so the first thing that people notice is, well, the stock market, my 401k, my stocks, whatever, 
we were down in the 32,000 range and now we're up above 34,000, okay? <laughs> so so we basically had a very good week. The last 3 days of the week were the best 3 days the mortgage market has seen. Wow. Since last March. Wow. Okay? So in the last 7-8 months, it's the best that rates have been helped out. So the question is, well, what happened, Terry? So first thing is, is that the Fed had their meeting and the Fed and the Fed's meeting uh, was Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They came out on Wednesday at two o'clock as they always do. And Chairman Powell addressed it. And basically they held their rates steady. So they held the short term lending rate steady. Okay. Mm -hmm. Which everybody was anticipating. But what they also uh, kind of got out of the meeting is the comments afterwards. So there was nothing alarming with the comments of of what they said. They you know they said that there might be a rate hike. But here's what I'm reading into it, and here's what I'm seeing, and here's what I'm you know talking to people about is is our long term rates, our mortgage rates, our interest rates that we borrow, our long term rates have gone up so fast, so quickly, that I think that the Fed does not need to cut rates any, or does not need to to raise rates on the short-term level. You scared me. <laughs> they do not need to raise term uh, rates on the short-term yep. level, mm -hmm. because we have done that on the long-term rates, gotcha. the mortgage rates. Let's take the mortgage rates, for instance. We were above 8% last week. So, so basically, that was good news that the feeling is that, that they are probably done cutting and we're truly in a wait-and-see mode. So then there was a lot of anticipation, a tremendous amount of anxiety, waiting and waiting and waiting for the new jobs report. Friday morning, 8.30, new jobs come out. They were expecting about 180,000 new jobs. Now, if you remember last month, there were 336,000 yeah, 336 new, was a big yeah, number. Yep. Huge number. But when I... Dissected that and looked under the hood, we found out that a lot of them were part-time jobs. A yeah. lot of them were people picking up. So basically, 150,000 new jobs. That is a good news for mortgage rates. It was also a good news for the economy in the sense that it shows that that's okay. That we only added 150,000 jobs. So where did we add them? Healthcare government, and social assistance, okay? Okay. Let's take a look at some areas. We added 58,000 healthcare workers. Over the last 12 months, we've averaged 53,000 a month. Okay. okay. So it sounds like a big number, but we're actually averaging 53,000 a month new jobs in the healthcare field. Government, we added 51,000 jobs. Over the last 12 months, we averaged 50,000 new jobs in the government. So we are now in February 2020 numbers. So the month before the pandemic. Okay. We've reached back to where the government was with the amount of employees and that's state and local and, and national. Okay? okay. Construction. This is one that I always look at very strongly because construction is we're not going to have these homes that we can sell if we don't have somebody building them. Absolutely. Right? So this is a number that I always look at and I always look for it first. And the construction up 23,000 new jobs in construction. So that's a good number. So 18,000 has been our average. So to me, that's good news there. Travel and leisure up 19,000 and they've averaged 52,000. So the fun. Yeah. Fun. So the big drop is 
in travel and leisure. Even though they still added jobs, they're, they're way off what the average is. Manufacturing is actually down 35,000 jobs. Okay. And to me, that's not a good thing because what happens when you don't have the factories running at full strength? You have a shortage. Yeah. And when there's a shortage, prices go up. Prices go up, right? Yeah. So, so that's not good. But when I looked under the hood, when I dissected it a little bit, it's because of the car strikes, okay? Ah. So that number is going to rebound. So basically the 150 was lower, so everything is happy. So what are we seeing? We're seeing the 10-year Treasury bond drop significantly. We we got up to the 5, slightly over 5 level. We're now in the 4.6 level. That doesn't sound like a huge difference, but it really, really is. Yeah. Okay? So basically what we're taking a look at is all this positive news – and it's not all that positive because you say, well, well, unemployment went from 3.8% to 3.9%. That's not a positive direction. It is a positive twist. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So that's allowing us, you know, I always say enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. There's been a lot of enthusiasm in the bond market, in the stock market. Everybody has been in a good mood Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. It feels like this could be the turning point. Okay. So somebody's gonna say, what does that mean though? A turning point, like what do you mean a turning point? Rate stop going up. Ah, there you go. Rate, rate stop going stop up. Going up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think with this news that it can go up over the next month. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna get the CPI and the PPI and that's gonna hopefully that help further further help the case further help to keep, the case. keep rates at where they're at. And by the way, they came down. Up. I was surprised, of course. Yeah. In two or three days, it was like, holy cow, we came below eight, and then it just plummeted, and now we're at like seven and a half almost. Well, let's and- not get too crazy. Right. It, like so. rates, rates come down a lot slower than they go up. Right. Okay? So there is a lot of uh, fluff already built into these prices. So when stability hits our markets, mm-hmm. then you'll see readjustments. But when there's turmoil, when there's... We call it volatility, the big word. When I hear that, it's 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 really tough because if there's a lot of volatility, people price high, right? Right. They're not going to take a gamble that, right. that they're going to lose money on a on a bond or a pool of loans because they gambled. So so there's some fluff in the rates, and there were fluff in the rates, and th- and that's kind of what we're squeezing out right now. Okay, is the fluff. Hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So it could be obviously with, and the people have to understand, Terry, depending on credit and what loan type you have, and there's what, five, six different, sometimes more factors that um, you can't just blanket say, well, your rate's three, you know, seven and three quarters. There's too many factors that really dictate and play into exactly where that would land. And then it seems funny. And by the time you calculate and you get someone on the loan path that's the best plan for them with their amount of down payment or credit or this or that or whatever, and all of a sudden you, you get this into motion practically and you have a, a – a, then all of a sudden, is it true, like, that that could change – I guess people would ask, is it is it possible that you've ever seen an interest rate for someone change literally in one day, 24-hour period, that their rate went up or down by a quarter percent, like something that drastic, not just a little bit of an eighth of a point, but like a quarter percent, or percent in 24 hours. Have you ever seen that happen? I think that's a good question somebody may ask. Is that even possible? So is it, I've, I've never really seen it. Yeah going down 
Like okay. I, like I said, rates come down a lot Slow, slower. Yeah, they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I have seen it going up. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I um and it was August of two thousand, I guess seven, when basically the beginning of the crash, um, Wall Street basically said, "You know what? We're we're out of buying loans. We're done buying loans." Yeah, that's a big thing. Two thousand and eight, we're we're done buying loans. So that's when we saw rates go up dramatically, like a half a point. So when the pandemic hit, okay, uh, when the pandemic hit. I saw rates as soon as they shut down everything. I saw rates jump tremendously because there was just panic. So what did they do? They raised the rates to for that cushion, for that fluff, to make sure that they didn't get caught. So I've seen it in very drastic situations mm-hmm. um, go up by a quarter, or even uh, by a quarter in a day, but uh, never have seen it come down a quarter. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Big question I got um, this last week. <laughs> I I feel like, Terry, I've had more questions about real estate in the last week than in 20 years, okay? A lot of stuff to cover. Um, student loan stuff. We know back in October, the deferred student loan stuff, the average, I believe, I think I read was like $535 a month was the average student loan reback payment that, that was kicking back in and stuff. Um, now that we're into November and we've had about five weeks of or one payment or five weeks, very short time, have you have you had anyone as a lender that uh, wasn't paying the student loan? They didn't have to because it was in the forbearance thing or all that. And same with same with mortgage stuff, by the way. That's another thing they kicked in this month is people that were in the forbearance program from COVID that got their uh, mortgage qualified to be back-ended, we call it, and didn't have to pay their mortgage during COVID. There's a number of those now that's the, I think it's the last wave I read that they're now having to pay. That's now, that's November. That just happened, November 1st. Now that's one, that's a full different, like, I don't know how that's going to play out. Welcome back to paying your mortgage. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Welcome back, Carter. Um, student loan that was interested. We know two things going on. That's amazing. I just, we just, I just, um, I just sold a house where the buyer, Terry, got $40,000 of their student loan paid off. That was the most I've seen. Holy cow. Good for them. That's the smart buy. That was the smart buy program. So on the student loan front, with buyers that want to buy a house coming up here in the future, with that student loan now being uh, kicked back in, number one, um, student loans are based on, the interest rate is based on the rates, right? So that fluctuates a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> the, the rate that they get in the smart buy program where we pay off student loan debt. Okay. Right. That rate's going to be higher. No, no. I mean, not the loan for the loan that they're buying a house with a smart program. I'm talking about when somebody has a student loan and now they've they they now have to pay on it. It started in October and they're Correct. paying October $500 a month. Right. First, are you have you had any buyers yet that that now that's in their loan to value ratio, and that's affecting their affordability? Have you seen that yet? No. Okay. And do you know why? I, I have no, that's, that's what I'm asking. So I'm like, going to tell you why. I want to know why. Where's those guys at? So when student loans went into forbearance three years ago, yep. mm-hmm. we basically didn't care as a mortgage lender that they went into forbearance. We never gave them credit for going into forbearance. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. We always charge those student loans against them even during forbearance because at some point we knew that they're going to have to pay it. They're going to have to pay it. Yeah. And it's going to be part of the equation. Yep. So we never 
as an industry said, you know what, we don't have to count that $500 a month against them because, you know, chances are it's going to be forgiven at some point down the road. No. But here's what I have seen. I've seen the smart buy go ballistic in demand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in the month of October, we had three people that totaled over $100,000 combined on three different mortgages or three different student loans where they where we fake forgave up to $40,000, okay? It's a wonderful program, but what happened was nobody wanted to do the program because everybody was like, well, I don't have to pay my mortgage. And I, the, so many people said, well, Biden's going to forgive him. I said, okay, it's, it probably it's not going to work that way. But, yeah. and so the Smart Buy program with Maryland was offering up to $50,000 because nobody wanted to do the deal. Yeah, nobody was like, not a lot of people were in it yet. Then at the beginning of September, they were like, wait a minute, people are starting to, we're starting to get a lot of, traction on this so well, they yeah. dropped it to 40,000 okay and then it got so crazy that October 1st they switched it to 20,000 <laughs> so the amount of people that I've talked to 6 8 12 months ago that are calling back and saying okay I'm I'm ready for I'm this $50,000 and I'm give like, me my 50 grand well it's down to 20 and they're like what <laughs> that's not that's not fair yeah well I'm like, you missed well, the boat you should have done it when you, you had the opportunity so it's a great program yep. and that's what you saw and so we have always counted that student loan debt against them unless they were doing the smart buy then we didn't have to because we were paying yep, it off paying at the settlement yep. table state of maryland is the only state that i know that does it i know that it's a great program oh really whoa whoa you mean other states like virginia west virginia if nope, i was buying nope, a house nope, 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 they don't nope, have nope, a student nope, loan debt forgiveness program no 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 wow what an incentive to keep people inside maryland well and that's because we we border uh, we border Virginia, which yeah. is a very attractive state when it comes to universities. I mean, and, 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 you know, Delaware and things like that. So we want to keep people in the Maryland border. Maryland is not always one of the most friendly states uh, to retire in. Mm -hmm. And this is what people say. I'm not saying this as an expert. I'm saying that that's what I read. So keeping people in the state of the Maryland, keeping them residents is very, very important. Nice. All right. So that's where you got to get to Terry. He's going to be able to be the expert to tell you all about it and how that all works. Five minutes in the program, Terry. Here we go. Back as of last week, I'm going to continue on real quick with strategies in this market of what's going on. It's easy for a seller to say, wait a minute, um, there's less inventory now maybe, or the interest rates have come down a little bit, tiny bit, whatever. So that means we're going to get a bunch more buyer demand back. And so therefore, um, if my house hasn't sold by the average time or whatever you suggest, Mr. Professional Real Estate Agent, I don't care what you say because these ideas sound better and I'm just going to keep my price the same. Oh, or I'm going to raise it. And I, I was going to ask $500,000 for my home, but now I went five fifty, because things are like the sun came out. Not so fast. Okay. What that, do you think is going to happen? Well, I get that a lot. This is what I've been asking a lot. The biggest question I'm still getting is, should I wait till the spring to sell? Or yeah, springtime. Well, it sounds funny. We I know last week we just saw some flakes up on the mountain. We had a little bit of snow. It was beautiful. I got great pictures of it. Here's the deal. Spring market starts, as we have agreed, about the second week of uh, January, right? Mm -hmm. I think the interest rates, me prediction, I think we're going to stay in the sevens. Seven and a half, seven and three quarters, seven and a quarter. I think we're going to bounce around in the sevens for a good long time. All the way into April, May of next year, maybe. I don't know. This is recorded. Take my word. We'll see if I'm right or not. 
I don't see us going under 7% until we get really close to the election, like in the summertime, like July and August. I think that's when we're going to see rates start to get into the sixes to start making the economy. Or, or like inflation's not going to be a worrisome thing, I believe, by the fall of next year. I don't think inflation um, is going to be a hot topic. It's just going to play out the way it is. I believe by that point and all that as far as buyer demand um yeah as rates come down we know that buyer demand will go up that will slow down any depreciation of value that's okay. what that'll do that'll hedge that off right mm-hmm. that'll put a stop stop into that kind of like it's like rumble strips or speed bumps right and the key thing that you said was depreciation of value yeah value's going down now somebody's going now down. somebody's gonna say our value is going down Yes and no. Uh, no, end of the year, we're going to probably, it looks like we're going to wind up in Frederick County at 3% growth values okay. across the board for the most part. But lo, th- there's then if you take every price point, which I'll end up doing coming up, I'm not going to do it yet. I want to get through a little bit more data points because having the lowest amount of coming soons and inventory where it is and some other factors, I think is going to... Um, Keep the data from being, uh, I think it's just going to be good data to blend into everything uh, to take out the highs and lows a little bit more maybe. Um, I think that the $400,000 and under range is going to stay really hot. That's a, it's a rent payment. I mean, that that's where the, the most affordable buyers are going to live. That's where the first-time home buyers are going to be in. And that demand, I believe, even though demand right now you say is really, really low, I think that demand is going to always or it's going to stay. I don't see how that can get much lower based on population. And I think it's only going to increase. I think it's just going to increase beginning 2024 uh not crazy not like double but i believe it's going to probably increase at least 20 25 in the market as far as first time home buyers coming in and all that high-end market of course um bigger is not better <laughs> a lot of people because of energy costs going up maintenance costs going up the cost of um holy cow i have to put a new roof on if i had a smaller house it's ten thousand. mine's 25 kind of an attitude and the older population, those two things combined, listen up, those two things combined is causing, and people having smaller families, not as many kids, there's a lot of things as a real estate agent we're paying attention to, I am, to realize bigger is not better. People do not want bigger, 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 bigger as a whole. So what I see starting to happen, I think, in the future is that the higher end market of is a generalization of homes that's going to come down in values much faster than anything more so because of those factors and now you add in how much it's costing to have that mortgage at the rates we're at now versus six months ago it's adding fuel to the fire there's no Mm -hmm. doubt so i think that the higher end market we could definitely see because of affordability Probably a 10% correction. I'm talking 700,000 above. We're going to probably see a good 10% in this area in more, not so much short term, but probably more long term. I think over long term, all okay. the way into 2024. Those are my thoughts as far as that. Interesting. Interesting. So, price, price, price is really key. We got 30 seconds left. Um, there again, it, I know in the first two weeks or less, how many showings and everything that you're right, you're priced right or not for no matter what price point you're in. 
Uh, we talked a little bit about making sure your stage and homes. We're definitely seeing that. I just listed a house yesterday for $400,000 in Hagerstown. It's a brand new build of just two to three years old. And that one was already staged out. They had like, it's almost like they didn't live in it. They didn't touch it. It was great. Um, there wasn't a lot to do as far as that's concerned. Um, and I already talked a little bit about you can't go back three, you can't, you can't go back six months ago with comparables and use that for data today to price things. You got to go back like three weeks. I ain't joking. In fact, I'm looking at homes in Glenbrook and Middletown, 700,000 homes. I'm getting ready to list one coming up in January. And we're looking at everything like down to the mega. So, millets. So, Happy selling and buying. Hope you guys have an awesome weekend out there. From your Frederick Real Estate Update, Tara and I are always here for you. Take care now. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244, or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We'll see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.